Hey gang, this is Zach. I just wanted to hop on real quick before the episode to thank you all for your patience as we took an unannounced hiatus. We had a pretty crazy spring, but summer is here and we are ready to hit the ground running. We have a lot of great episodes lined up for you all. Next week, we have Dr. Christina Hodell, if you remember us mentioning her from our Powerful Girls episode. We had a great conversation with her yesterday about powerful tween girls in Disney sitcoms, and I think you guys are going to really enjoy it. I had a lot of fun, and that'll be coming next week. So um, again, thank you all. We are back. We will be going to a every other week schedule, um, just with Jessica and I's other life commitments. That is what is realistic for us to be able to do and continue to keep a regular schedule and it should improve the quality of the episodes as well um so thank you all for your patience again and enjoy the episode zachary how much thc did you ingest before your journey of everybody loves raymond and susan boyle i was never more sober in my life Jessica and Zach from the day they were born They started watching comedy because it was on She was a golden girl, he had Seinfeld on the brain They said a nine-year-old Frasier fan might just be insane Harry and the Hendersons, Mindy and Mork Now Jessica and Zach get together and talk They'll never say the sitcom's glory days are gone They'll still watch it because it was on 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 Is it too early to set up a Patreon? And I'll call it Because it was on 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 Hello and welcome to Because It Was On. We are like that fancy film podcast, but for people who like to talk about that episode of Punky Brewster where that kid gets stuck in a refrigerator. If we're pointing the finger of blame, I should have taken the door off the refrigerator. My name is Jessica and I grabbed the wrong jacket and now people assume I'm the valet, which has afforded me the perfect opportunity to steal back my prize dashboard hula ornament my ex-boyfriend stole in the breakup. Plus, the tips have been phenomenal. And I'm Zach and my boss has hired a consultant that will be working in the office this week and it it's just Woody Harrelson. He says his name is Alan, but it's Woody Har- Harrelson. People keep telling me I'm crazy, but I know what Woody Harrelson looks like. <laughs> How handsome. I hope you guys have a will they won't they. He's only here for this one episode. <laughs> it's a quick fling. It'll never work out. It so- is Woody Harrelson after all. Jessica, what are we talking about this week? Mm, 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 mm. Well, it is, it's finally time that we are truly giving a full episode to one of the most sitcom-y sitcoms to ever sitcom in the game. Uh, it is probably your grandparents' favorite sitcom. And it's time for us to dig into everybody loves raymond everybody loves raymond everybody loves raymond 
Everybody Loves Raymond has the wildest intro that's ever been. There's like this weird like pulp fiction intro where like he's like trying to get the remote and oh yeah (laughs) the remote one is wild there's a football like thanksgiving style football one as well yeah they didn't have like they they were keeping it fresh they didn't have like a tradition like most shows have like a tradition of what it's going to be but for them it was just like let's go crazy (laughs) we are accepting pitches so, Jessica, we're talking about Every Loves Raymond, of course, but we are also talking about one of the most significant texts yes. in the Western canon. Mm, indeed, indeed. Um, if you haven't guessed it by now, we're talking about the episode of Everybody Loves Raymond, where that lady swallowed a fly. I don't we don't know why, why she swallowed a she fly. She swallowed a fly. Perhaps she'll die. We don't know. We really don't know. We're here to explore. We're here to investigate. And maybe, uh, friends, you will leave this episode understanding. Why'd she swallow that fly? Why did she swallow the fly? Why'd she swallow that fly? I just, okay. So we thought we were good. We decided we wanted to do something different with this episode, where instead of diving deep into one series, we are diving deep, deep, deep into one episode singular this episode, episode sit down crack open your dr pepper decant mm. into the wine glass and relax because we are talking <laughs> exclusively about that episode of every loves raymond where that lady swallowed a fly yes it yes. is season seven episode, episode nine, nine. she's yeah. the one out of curiosity how many times you watched this episode in preparation for this recording? I stopped counting, but I would estimate about nine or ten. Yep. I easily, easily, easily. nine or ten. Um, yeah. I, you know, what I was really hoping we might get to is a while back, Netflix made a tweet of like, whoever on God's earth has watched A Christmas Prince 40 <laughs> times in the last three days you need help. Like We're here to help you. <laughs> what I really was hoping we would get to is watching Everybody Loves Raymond, season seven, episode nine, She's the One, so many times in such a short period of time that Peacock would tweet, who is watching Everybody Loves Raymond, season seven, episode nine, 12 times in 24 hours. I did it all in one sitting. I did it all today. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I did it yesterday. Uh, and today I watched like back to back to back to back to back. We started an episode and I just clicked the the start from beginning every time. Like the streaming services have that notice after you've been going for a while. Where it's like, are you still watching? They need to have another one that's like, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I they want kept, somebody to tweet that I'm okay. Yeah, Peacock kept uh, trying to push us on to the next episode where Marie Mm-mm. needs glasses. No, fuck that. No, 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 no. The lady swallowed a fly and I gotta watch it again. <laughs> I have a podcast to make. I have takes to take. We're Let gonna need you. nine times minimum. Let, okay, so I 
This episode, on my end at least, was inspired by one of my favorite podcasts. I'm not sure if you're aware, Jessica. Uh, it's called Till Death Do Us Blart. You ever heard of it? Till Death Do Us Blart? Is yeah. it a podcast just about Paul Blart Mall Cop? So it is a, a podcast where a group of uh, friends and brothers um, have made an, a, a sacred oath that every Thanksgiving until they are all dead, uh, they will watch Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 mm. and then publish one episode a year where, where they talk about it. Interesting. Can I tell you something about Paul Blart Mall Cop 2? Yeah. Um, so a fun little piece of Jessica lore. Uh, when I was in high school, all the way up through I gra- like out of college, I worked at a movie theater. Seven years. Seven years I worked at a movie theater. I worked lots of films. I worked Harry Potter premieres. I worked Twilight premieres. I worked Hunger Games premieres. I worked Christmas movie premieres, Adam Sandler premieres, everything you can imagine. The single busiest film I ever worked was Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. I shit you not. Weeks on end, the theater sold out. Weeks upon weeks upon weeks of people demanding Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. The number of people I had to tell at the box office, sorry. It sold out for the next four days. (laughs) Again, my friends, I worked Harry Potter premieres and I never saw anything like Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. I've only been to your hometown once and it does have, I I had this observation that it had sort of a somewhat uh, Pawnee vibe to it from Parks and Recreation. And that is the most Pawnee thing I've ever heard. Sure, of, yeah. Like, because you know in, Paul, in Pawnee, like, Paul it was, Blart they was had big. to do, it's like their Rocky Horror. It was big. <laughs> yeah, it was big. They're it, still that, watching it. I never saw it. I never saw it because I had so much resentment over how how many people yelled at me about the price of a large popcorn that week uh, and then proceeded into Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 that I just never saw it out of pure spite. Till Death Do Us Blart, they watch it once every year. And it it really is like chronicling their descent into madness because they they have to try to stretch out like an entire podcast episode about something that they've already talked about like nine times. <laughs> And so they're just like layers of meaning and they have like their own little mythos to it. And so I thought, okay, well, this is going to be like my mini version of it. And so I'm going to watch this 22 minute episode, just a whole bunch. And Jessica, I lost my goddamn mind. <laughs> I, I get it. I understand where you are. Um, and if you're pitching to me that we cover this once a season, I might the be with The same episode. The same episode. <laughs> we might just come back to it. Listeners. You let us know how unlistenable this episode was and if we should just hit this again in a year. Yeah, I don't think we're all we're going to cover it all this episode. <laughs> it's just such a rich text. It's a, it's a rich rich text. Uh, absolutely, <laughs> by the way. I fucking love this episode. Uh it, it it's so good. Um yes, it was sort of both... like an Go ahead. Go ahead. It was like our compromise candidate because you really wanted the canister episode and I really wanted the oregano episode. Um, and yeah, 
I so would have done just... the oregano episode. Um, but this one's buck wild. So buck wild. it's a good time. I the, we're I I was gonna go into like we're both pretty big everybody loves Raymond fan. It's a it's a it's a long standing show for us. Um, love everybody loves Raymond. Things we would debate about. Also love everybody loves Raymond. It is for sure like peak boomer humor. Like it is a peak boomer show. Uh, it's still good. It's just you have to be prepared to step into a different mindset, a different world. It's much more watchable once you realize they're in hell. <laughs> yes, yes, that is the way. That is the lens through which you have to look at. Everybody loves Raymond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My favorite, like Zach said, my favorite episode is the canister episode, but his is the oregano episode. But now it might be this one since we've been transported to a spiritual plane. It might not be my favorite, but it is like the uh, cornerstone of a new religion I'm starting. Uh, hit, <laughs> hit me up in uh, my DMs and uh, we'll start that cult together. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Instead of communion, you all do uh, a sip of Dr. Pepper from a wine glass. Okay. So before we get into it, did you do anything special like uh, to watch it after like your 10th time of watching it? Or are you just like no. repeat? You nope. didn't do anything like freshen the experience? No, I, I did not refresh the experience. As I've alluded to more than once now on this this podcast, uh, I tend to watch a lot of the episodes whilst cleaning my kitchen. Um, and so I watched a good at least four of them while cleaning my kitchen today. So nothing special. Um, but I have a feeling you maybe did something special. I did a lot of experimentation in the last five rewatches. Um, the first idea I had taking a leaf from uh, Till Death Do Us Blart was I was just going to watch it on mute, synced to Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. Uh, sort of like recreate the experience of like watching Wizard of Oz, which people claim syncs up perfectly with Pink Floyd's uh, Dark Side of the Moon. And so I was watching it and there were a few interesting things like um, <laughs> were, were, like it, it was it was uncanny uh, some of the times that it like synced up. So like um, there is a point that we'll get to. Actually, we'll I'll talk about it as we go through the plot. So there were some interesting moments when I did Dark Side of the Moon, but there wasn't like enough. I was like, oh, I thought this would be funny, but there's not like enough juice to it. I was like, what, what am I what am I doing wrong? And so the, I thought got the wrong text. And the thing is, I don't really care for Pink Floyd. Sorry if that's offensive to anyone. Uh, it's not really my jam. And so I was like, well, what spiritually should I be watching? What what, what is the correct album to watch what for this? And so I, of course, reached for um susan boyle's 2009 album i dreamed a dream what a choice and so i synced it up and my jessica it was a religious experience it's beautiful it's perfect but listen i believe in my heart that Susan Boyle's 2009 <laughs> album, I Dreamed of Dream, was a album created to be in conversation with season seven, episode nine of Everybody Loves Raymond. Mm, mm, mm. Yes. <laughs> and she finally, has a lot to say. Finally, someone is saying it. 
Finally, someone is saying it. She's an artist. She's a visionary. Uh, Susan, come on the show. Let's talk about it. Because um, I see I think- you, sister. I see you. We are quite far along into this. Should we uh, describe the plot of the episode? Yes, dear listeners, if you stuck around this long, knowing that we are doing a deep dive of Everybody Loves Raymond, a singular episode, I'm hoping it means you understand the basics of Everybody Loves Raymond. If you do not, here's a a very, very brief synopsis. So Everybody Loves Raymond is a television show that started in 1996 and went all the way through to 2005. So pretty long running sitcom. It is a vehicle for Ray Romano, stand-up comedian who in the show plays Ray Barone. Ray and his wife, Deborah live across the street from his overbearing parents, Frank and Marie, uh, and his brother, Robbie. And the central tension of the show is essentially they're all in hell and every character hates every other character. And that's the show. Yes. We say sitcoms are hell a lot on this show. Everybody Loves Raymond is the perfect example of this. It is the genesis of our theory. Yeah. They stick to primarily just the two sets. It's not very common for them to like go out um, of that set. So it is either in Ray's house or the parents' house. So it has this like unnerving containment to it. Like the windows are so small and curtains are always closed. There's no sunlight. There's no outside uh, in Everybody Loves Raymond. And they are just stuck in their houses, torturing each other. I don't know what they did in life to deserve this, but they are, they this it's is literally the just Sart- Sartre's no exit. It, absolutely. Everybody Loves Raymond is a no exit situation. They are the genesis of our theory that sitcoms are hell. Uh, they are all there to torture one another and no one can leave. No one can be happy. And it is under those, those circumstances Uh, in which we find ourselves for Season 7, Episode 9. So what happens in Season 7, Episode 9? So we open in on the kitchen. Robbie, the brother of Raymond, Ray, and Deborah are in Ray's kitchen. And Robbie has a new girl that he is interested in. And he is telling... Deborah and Ray about this new girl in which he is interested. Um, and you know what? She might be the one. She, she might, might just... be the one. Yes. Which, as an aside, after we meet this woman, there is no way she had her hair cut at some place called the Hair Barn. By the way. Mm-hmm. By the motherfucking way. Robbie suggests that he met this woman because they had double booked appointments at the Hair Barn. Yeah, and this fucking model comes in. Yeah, this model with like the most beautiful like highlights and like layers comes walking and she is not going to the barn. Yeah, the chunky highlights on both Deborah 
And this woman, it was just screaming early 2000s. Couldn't yes. stop looking at it. Yes. The long face faming layers. Like the, the woman who comes in, like she is full, like it's a Kelly Clarkson moment. Like that is the hairstyle that we, we are seeing on this woman. Like if you know, you know what chunky highlights I'm referring to. Um, but she is not going to the hair barn, which is where Robbie says he met her. But he's only been on three dates with her. So he doesn't know her like that that well. But he's like, you know what? This could be it. This could be the one for me. And so Ray and Deborah obviously are like, I got to meet her. I got to know who this is. Bring her on through. And Robbie's like, if you think I'm getting her anywhere of like a 10 mile radius of Frank and Marie, my parents, you're fucking insane. And Deborah says, no, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, Robbie. I got you. They are in Atlantic City this weekend. We're in the clear, baby. When Robbie says, okay, okay, I'm gonna bring her through. I'm gonna I'm have her eat your lemon chicken. Can we just for a moment interrogate this? They say that this is, um, he just got back from his third date with this woman. Mm-hmm. Is it as insane to you as it is to me that the fourth date would be please meet my brother and his <laughs> wife in um, their home? That seems buck ass wild to me. No, uh, sir. That's the date 15. <laughs> Maybe. Um, you know, um, I feel like I definitely uh, have been in serious relationships with people where I met their parents really quickly actually i don't think it's that weird yeah we have different siblings it's the thing what i do think is fucking buck wild is that not buck wild but mean is that robbie says i think she's the one and deborah says oh my god that's great and ray is like don't get excited it is not the fucking one he's done this shit before it's not the one. Are you saying that you think Angela might be the one? All right, whoa, let's not jump the gun, okay? I mean, <laughs> don't forget, he married one that wasn't the one. Immediately. He, he brings up his ex-wife. <laughs> Within two seconds. Yeah. And Robbie being like, I really like this girl. Ray's like, remember you liked a girl before? How'd that work out? And then you got out? divorced, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> How did that work out for you? So... These are just the things you notice on like rewatch number eight. No one in this family can stand to see anybody happy. <laughs> yes. Robbie, especially. And it's, I have some whack-a-mole. thoughts about it. I have some specific thoughts about Robbie. This is a Robbie centric episode. We don't get a lot of Robbie episodes in the entirety yeah. of the series. This is a Robbie centric episode. So we cut to the next scene. They're at dinner. Zachary. I'm going to hand over the narrative microphone to you. What happens in this scene? Okay. I want you to imagine this is a formal dinner. And if you're not familiar with the Barones setup, they they don't <laughs> sit in the main kitchen for formal dinners. When it comes to Thanksgiving or special events, they have a pullout table that they do sort of in between the living room and the kitchen. And so it's it's all pulled out. So they're all having dinner. They're having, as Jessica mentioned, uh, Deborah's famed lemon chicken. Mm, um mm, the mm. only thing that you're allowed to eat in hell yes deborah's lemon chicken it's made every night yeah and she compliments it and so it's going so well everyone's very excited and happy for robbie because maybe maybe she is maybe she is the one and so so dinner is over and it went very well and deborah and robert go and they pick up 
all the dishes. They're taking them into the sink. And I think before we, we get to it, it not only did this dinner go very well, you guys, she's perfect. She's, she's perfect. gorgeous. She's Model. gorgeous. She's four smart. Languages. She's an international lawyer. She speaks four languages. She speaks four motherfucking languages. She's got English, obviously. That's what we're talking in. She studied Spanish and French. But you know what? She also speaks Italian. Zach, why does she speak Italian? Because she's Italian. Because she's motherfucking Italian. And you know these Long Island Italians? They're, they're, they're busting and done over that kind of shit. Like, you're also Italian? backflips. Motherfucking backflips happening right now. So she is perfect. She is smart. She's laughing at Ray's jokes. She's complimenting Deborah's lemon chicken. No one compliments Deborah's lemon chicken. So dinner wraps up. It's time to take the plates in. Robbie says, I'm going to help take the plates in because that's the kind of guy I am. And Raymond says, I'm going to help take the plates in because my wife's a bitch and will remember if I don't. So Raymond gets up reluctantly to help. Um, and oh, no, there's a fly. There's a fly. And oh, uh, God, Deborah, how annoying. <laughs> Deborah apologizes. But Angela, she just like catches it Obama style, if you remember that meme. That's the most persistent fly I've ever seen. Nice. <laughs> now, where were we? That was yeah. pretty impressive, wasn't it? I got it. I got the sucker. What do you think, Gibbs? Fly drops dead. She, with a practiced hand, she kills the fly. And Ray compliments her. She says, I'll take care of it. And then he goes, but he turns around just in time to see this woman pick up the fly, look at the fly, contemplate the fly, pop it in her mouth, and munch on mm-hmm. it a little bit yum, and take yum, a swig yum. of wine. Like, like nothing happened. Like nothing happened. And it's a small set, you know? Um, lots of people around. She took a risk. I mean, but she, nobody saw her, she thinks, except for one. Raymond. Raymond, Raymond freezes. He's frozen in place. He's holding a heavy tray of stuff. And completely freezes because he is gooped, he is gagged, he is plucked, he is pressed at what he has just seen. The most beautiful, perfect woman on earth in front of his face ate a fly. So at the exact moment that she puts the fly in her mouth, Pink Floyd's On the Run plays. (laughs) (laughs) And what is Susan singing? Um, so Susan, there, there are two different narratives that are going on. Uh, like Susan's <laughs> interpretation is it starts off with wild horses, um, which is this heartbreaking story um, about like hoping and then dreaming and like, I'm still dedicated to you. And it's just mm, like this conversation mm, she's mm. having with, I believe, Ray and Deborah's like hopes for Robert of like, because they are being uncharacteristically supportive (laughs) uh like ray's giving his like sociopathic like whips about his ex-wife but for who raymond is as a person yeah being surprisingly this is the best it's gonna get yeah as best as it's gonna get and so it's just like um like about like their hopes for robert so uh, ray freezes Ray freezes. And the parents come in because... Because uh, it's hell. 
Yeah, because it's hell and they're, they're not going to build an Atlantic City set. Yeah, um, Robbie <laughs> cannot have nice things. So in comes Marie and Frank and he didn't win anything at the casino. So he threw a roast beef at the machine and he got them kicked out of all of Atlantic City. And so they said, fuck it, we'll drive home. Yeah, just in time. I Dreamed a Dream starts exactly, exactly when Marie spots Angela. Ah. Two buckets of nickels and not one payout. That's no reason to throw a roast beef sandwich at the machine. Hello. Hi. Hi, I'm Marie. Are you a single friend of Robert's? And the second they make eye contact, it's I dreamed a dream of time to by. Ah, yes. Perfect. Perfect. Because she has indeed dreamed a dream for Robert. And so Susan Boyle, I feel, is like really highlighting the hopes that this family has Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. Robert and the dreams that they have for Robert. Um, And so like they're getting to know her the entire time. Ray is still frozen. He is frozen for, did you time it, Jessica? I did not time it. I I was busy cleaning uh, my kitchen. two, Two minutes and 36 seconds is what I got. He is frozen. Yeah, I do know from reading up on this episode that Ray Romano nearly passed out from holding for so long. So they really like her. And so Marie and Frank sit down with her and then Deborah and Robert uh, go into the kitchen where Raymond is still standing and they're talking about how great she is. And then Raymond finally turns around when asked a question and he says, Robert, just relax. It'll be fine. Look, if Angela really is the one, she's going to have to meet your parents at some point. You might as well get it over with. Right, Ray? (laughs) She's not the one. She's not the one. She's not the one. Because I believe Deborah says something to the effect. Robbie is like, here my mother is. She, She can tell that I'm happy and having a good time. And just as he turns around and says, she's not the one, Susan says, as the tigers come at night. (laughs) And so immediately, so he tells both of them, she ate a fly. He repeats it very dramatically and kind of yells, she ate a fly. She is 12 feet away. Yeah, this is uh, pure, like the most sitcom-y sort of like, if you are not the main character, you are deaf. You have you are lost like hearing. Deaf. Yep, um, lost hearing in this moment. If the camera's not on you, you cannot hear. You don't exist. Yeah, and just as uh, he like sort of yells, she ate a fly, Susan is saying, shame. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> And turn my dreams to shame. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. And uh, so immediately, Deborah Does not went, believe her husband. Does not believe her all. husband, who she's been married to for like 12 years. At all. Does not believe him for a goddamn second. Ray, quit making up stories. Quit making up stories, you ass. You asshole. Doesn't she is so much more willing to believe, like prepared to believe that he is making some kind of sociopathic like power play with Robert than that he might be uttering the truth. Angela ate the fly. <laughs> what? What do you mean? The fly. 
that was flying around. <laughs> Angela killed it. It fell on the table. She put it in a napkin. And then she... Yeah! Are you do right. Yeah, man, what is your problem? This family has, they have been poisoned. They have poisoned yep. each other. This is hell. So she doesn't believe him. And guess who else doesn't believe him? Robbie doesn't believe him. Yeah. Robbie nope. does not believe him for a goddamn second. Yeah, it doesn't even occur to them. <laughs> uh, and so they immediately turn hostile. I was fascinated by this scene. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk about it later of just like how unmoor like how yes this is not a family this is not a functioning relationship no 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 they are cellmates yes they are so (laughs) willing to believe that everyone is operating under the worst possible pretext there is absolutely no warmth (laughs) there is no warmth or like trust at all in this family where there is no trust, there can be no love. Then tragically, and this is why I'm fascinated like the situation Raymond finds himself in, because just as like it's clear to Raymond that he is not going to be believed, that he has no currency with either his brother or his wife. <laughs> his wife. <laughs> Suddenly, his, Susan his... switches to uh, Crimea River. Oh. And we just see the tragic figure of Raymond just standing there, Cassandra standing at the bottom of the mountain. She ate a fly. (laughs) Nobody believes. Robert is so desperate to be happy, so desperate to find the one that he can't can't contemplate this. And so he he leaves in a huff. He's like, goodbye. He makes up some lie and he, he, he leaves to go with Angela. You're absolutely right. Ray has such little currency with his own wife, who throughout the course of the series clearly prefers hanging out with Robbie. Yeah, that would have been the perfect like uh, finale. <laughs> They're clearly much better suited to each other. And Robbie also loves her. He loves the lemon chicken, unironically. He's an intellectual. He, he, he's everything he's that uh, yeah, the Deborah craves. But here we are. Here we are. He he leaves and he said, Angela, I'm sorry, but you got to go. Uh, because it, it, to be fair, this poor woman has been cornered by Marie this entire time. Yeah. He basically rescues her. So she's perfectly happy to go. And then they go to her apartment. Wow. What a time to be alive, this scene. Yeah, they sit on the couch, they're flirting, they're getting hot and heavy. Um, a very sexy scene with Robert. I, did, I have never seen this side of Robert before. Wait. You okay? Oh, I'm very okay. <laughs> Want to be more okay? Okay. <laughs> Want to go in there? Okay. <laughs> I'll be in in a minute. And I'll be in there, being very okay. I think the content of their flirting is actually quite important, Zach, Mm -hmm. because she's the perfect girl. And you know why she's perfect? She tells Robbie, you know what, Robbie? I think your brother's jealous of you. Yeah. 
because you're the handsome one. You're the police officer. You're clearly your mother's favorite. And he's just some pedestrian sports writer. Of course he would be jealous of you. Who wouldn't be jealous of you? You know what I think? Hmm. I think that your brother may be a little jealous of you. What? Well, it's obvious. I mean, you're the tall, funny, heroic, good-looking one. Actually, he's always been a little jealous of me. Who wouldn't be? And it's always bothered him that our mother prefers me. Who wouldn't prefer you? I really like you. I really like you. If you are unfamiliar with the text of Everybody Loves Raymond, these are the only words Robbie has ever wanted to hear from anyone his entire life. This is what he has been craving, someone will say. And so now uh, not only is he hearing it, he is hearing it from a fucking supermodel who is prepared to like jump his bones that minute. That is what Robbie is experiencing. The devil that cooked this one up got a promotion the very next day. Literally, <laughs> the demon who is cooking the books and everybody loves Raymond Hell absolutely shot to the top of the charts. Like Employee this is of the month. The good place wishes it could. <laughs> the good place wishes it could do this shit. Because you have to understand, like everybody loves Raymond. Like literally the name of the show, Everybody Loves Raymond is the sarcastic, bitter refrain of Robert in the original intro where, um, like, Ray is talking about these aspects of his happy wife and family, and then Robert very bitterly says, everybody loves Raymond. Yes, yes, Robert is the perennial, at least from the viewpoint of the family. I think we can talk about it. I think we should talk about Robert a lot. But Robert, at least from the viewpoint of the family and then the viewpoint of the show, is the perennial loser. Yeah. He's unlucky in love. He's unlucky in life. His parents clearly favor Raymond. Everyone else in his life clearly favors Raymond. Ray gets obvious favoritism treatment from the world, the universe, uh, that Robbie does not get. Yeah. And... He's it's aware. Ashes Robbie's aware. In Raymond's mouth. He is also unhappy. But <laughs> yes, this is also true because it is hell. But Robbie's painfully aware of it, and so to hear this woman as like a form of seduction, repeat to Robbie over and over again about how he is so much better than his brother. How girly dark is it because he's like turned <laughs> he's turned on by it. he like he engages with her more aggressively how dark is it that his jealousy and bitterness of his brother runs so deep that's literally his kink <laughs> literally and so she says all these sexy things like i could see why ray would be jealous of you you're clearly the handsome one you're a police officer you're your mom's favorite and Robbie is, he is fully erect. Gung-ho. And so Ready they're to go. definitely going to fuck. They are going they to. They're absolutely going to fuck. And so they start kissing. And she says, you ready to get to business? Interesting thing about the kiss, though, really quickly, that I think is important to also note. He kisses her. 
the first time he kisses her and he does sort of a little like type thing with his mouth. He's tasting, testing after the kiss. Why? He's trying to pick up on fly. Yeah. Because it, Raymond it, got in his head. So, Jessica, when the first flashes of doubt run across Robert's face, Susan Boyle's dark, dark cover of How Great Art Thou, which is like <laughs> this very like funeral dirge, mm-hmm. um, like take on the hymn starts playing it's like it's literally like it has the same vibe as um the reigns of castamir in uh (laughs) game of thrones (laughs) like it it starts playing and so the doubt is there but starts off sort of like subtle Mm -hmm. and then we go and so hilariously um she she's like i'm gonna slip into something more comfortable and so she goes to not her bedroom. <laughs> she goes to the bathroom and she says, you go to the bedroom. She keeps the lingerie in the bathroom. Comfortable. <laughs> or alternate idea. She was planning this the whole time. She knew she was taking Robbie home tonight. And so she put the lingerie in there ahead of time. Because she got maybe some baby wipes and stuff going on over there too. I thought where you were going with this is it was sort of like a mirror to the conversation that happened earlier in the episode where mm-hmm. um, Deborah and Ray are saying, Hey, you should meet the parents early and get it over with. Um, Cause you know, they might as well meet the parents early on or else you're going to waste your time. They need to know what they're in for. So maybe she planned and orchestrated this oh, whole thing. So that he saw Robert... what was in the bedroom and she knew that this was the ultimate test. Robert's no. got to meet the frogs. <laughs> I don't think this woman in the world of everybody loves Raymond is that self-aware. I choose to believe. <laughs> she has no self-awareness and no real shame. She has radical self-love. That's what True. this woman is giving to me. I She's the hero of the story as far True. as I'm concerned. True. She knows what she wanted. And if Robert is not down to fuck, she will find somebody else who is willing to fuck in a room, floor to ceiling frogs. Okay, yeah, yeah. So let's get to that. Uh, we sort of spoiled it. But so Robert goes in as she's changing to the bedroom. And it is floor to ceiling frogs. Baby, it the is- Foley like music that they got going on, it is it sounds like a rainforest cafe in there. Yeah, uh rainforest cafe like wallpaper in the closet. Yes. And yes. just tanks and yeah. tanks of frogs. Uh, this would have been are- like the height of rainforest cafe. Angela was going. Yeah, <laughs> Angela was at the Rainforest Cafe. Yeah, she she's a total like rainhead. She <laughs> she's like uh, like a Disney adult for Rainforest Cafe. <laughs> Absolutely, she's visited them all. And so Jessica, and this is where I got I got chills. I got chills, Jessica. And I I literally watched this episode synced to Susan Boyle's uh, album five <laughs> times. Like I told you, I watched it ten times. Five of those were with Susan Boyle. It's <laughs> I can't. I can't. So, so is in your religion like is Susan Boyle your deity or like they only exist with each other? Um, only time will tell, Jessica. Let's let's hash this out through the episode. Because okay, so how Fair. great thou art is starting to play, and I swear to you, I watched this five times. <laughs> um. The second, the second that like 
the big reveal of the frog painting on the wall goes, it the song like picks up and the entire like choir starts joining in. Oh great thou art and it's this dark funeral dirge, this like praise to God, but it's dark and it's heavy and he's just like touring and seeing the horror of he has finally got everything he wanted and it's this like him praising god like he is in heaven but it is a perverted heaven it is a fallen heaven i'm making a tiktok of this because it is mind-blowing um (laughs) yep i'm i'm really excited for the 462 people who will see that tiktok (laughs) it's going viral baby straight to the moon (laughs) and uh so he sees this he looks around at horror he's like touring and he has the realization of course raymond was right raymond knew all along i should have trusted my brother and um so he he panics for a moment and he's in a moment he's deciding what to do what do i do what am i going to do and so he decides of course i'm gonna get the fuck out it's time to go because this woman it is ceiling it is floor to ceiling aquariums and he he's a frog lady he was blinded he was blinded by his desperate desire uh, for to, a to beautiful woman to for a beautiful woman to say his brother sucks yeah so he, he he looked away he overlooked but as soon as you step into the room floor to ceiling tanks of frogs you just can't anymore and so he decides the best way to get out of this jam is out the window of the bedroom. Yeah, so it is raining, okay? Of course. Like, just cats and dogs outside. And he decides, he, like, lifts up, uh, like, the tanks, like, stacks them on top of each other, the ones that are, like, blocking the window. And one moment, perfectly synced up. Like, his hands are making, like, a prayer motion. Uh, as how great thou art is playing and he lifts up the window he goes outside and jessica i want you to imagine like he so he, he like goes out and so he's like crouched down with his uh, fingers like gripping the side and he's like hanging out the window and she walks in and she's like asking about it as like why are where are you going why are and, you half out of my window yeah so he's like giving his excuses and that sort of thing but like as how great the heart is playing it's just like so poetic and beautiful <laughs> that he is, here he is like running away from his realized dream that's corrupted and perverted and he is in the mm, stance mm, of mm. like a perverted prayer like he's like praying down he's like crouched down like hanging from the window in like this uh perversion of a baptism as like he is just cats and dogs raining upon his head he's like soaking wet in this like uh like gripping from the window about to fall and he's like talking to this woman about like i gotta go so he says he needs to go get his poncho <laughs> Um, really quickly for the gang, before we started recording, Zach, I asked you a fateful question and I'd like the audience to know. Zachary, how much THC did you ingest before your journey of Everybody Loves Raymond and Susan Boyle? I was never more sober in my life. I want you all to know these are stone cold 
sober realizations. Listen, folks, if you don't believe me, watch it for yourselves. Season 7, Episode 9 of Everybody Loves Raymond synced up to Susan Boyle's 2009 album, I Dreamed a Dream. Yes. In fact, uh, if you want Zachary to publicly on this podcast say you are his personal favorite listener ever, email us and let us know your experience watching Season 7, Episode 9 of Everybody Loves Raymond synced with Susan Boyle's album, I Dreamed a Dream. And share your experience with us. And Zachary will on this podcast say you are his absolute favorite listener of all time. I will swear an oath of fealty. <laughs> <laughs> so I just wanted, as as you went into the perverted prayer moment of your takes, just wanted everybody to know this is a stone cold sober moment into which Zachary saw time, space, and the meaning of life. Yeah, it's just like this ironic, like mocking him. <laughs> this him <laughs> as he is in well here you go robert you have been jealous of raymond for years and raymond like, was right like you have spent your entire life bitter at raymond and particularly in the last decade you have wasted your life being bitter at raymond about his happy family and that he found the one well robert here's your fucking the one here you, you are like in the bedroom of is. the one this is what you fucking mm. get, Robert. Mm, mm, mm. How great thou art. How great is God. <laughs> God has abandoned you, Robert, because you are in hell. <laughs> Susan Boyle was not holding back at all. It was a brutal no, she had, scene. She takes on Robert. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And so Robert is climbing out the window. And at first, for some reason, he decides to lie to this woman about why he's out the window and there's no good excuse for why he would be out the window. Um, and so he says, I'm, I'm going to go get us some ice cream and I love ice cream with chocolate chips and sprinkles and nuts. And some people tell me you might like a different topping. And she knows Angela knows. She's Angela knows. Out. She put it all together. She's, it she's been found again. out. It happened again. And, it's not said, the first you know, time she got caught eating a fly. Clearly. You know, Robert, we all come from frogs. We all come from frogs. She mm. says this to him, mm. staring him directly in the eyes with a straight back, as proud as can be, just like a radical self-love that radical Robert self will never have. He is, again, sopping wet, hanging out of a window, completely miserable. But this woman, in her shrine to frogs, can say, we all come from frogs. <laughs> she sits upon a throne of frog, and each night rests her head upon a pillow, knowing she is the correct one. She is the most favorite patron at the Rainforest Cafe. <laughs> She's got that Times loyalty Square. card stamped. And no, nothing can take that away from her, least of all Robert's judgment. And so Robert climbs down the window and he returns to his brother's home, sopping wet. Frank and Marie, for some fucking reason, are still there. Yeah, this is... Okay, so this is so dark 
<laughs> it, it, it's such a minor detail. It's you're not going to pick up on it unless you unless you've watched it about twelve times. They're just it's like a Saturday night. Yep. And Deborah and Ray are just sitting there with their parents, just watching like the news on a Saturday night. Like their parents, who they fucking hate, <laughs> but they're just sitting there in Ray's house. They didn't ask for these people to come over. They're just there, and that's like just the quiet horror. The quiet of, horror. That's their fucking life. This is that is everybody loves Raymond in a nutshell. Yeah, it is the quiet horror. It's, that is what it is. It's the little details. You get pulled into the jokes and like the funny, like, like, haha controversies and shit. But then like, you'll have this moment of realization where you're like, this is their life. This is their, life. this is their every day. <laughs> <laughs> it is the quiet horror into which Robbie walks and everyone in the room. What's going on, Robbie? Why are you back? And he says, Raymond was right. What do you mean? What do you mean Raymond was white? And Robbie has come to understand, of course, of course, Raymond was correct. But no one else in the fucking room believes either of them now. Again, they are so much more willing to believe that Robert is psychotic, a latent homosexual. Like There are so many things that they are willing to believe over Robbie and Raymond are telling them the truth. So I think we should unpack the scene beat by mother fucking beat. Okay. It starts off with once the reveal of like, uh, he makes this statement, Robert makes this statement. Um, Ray says the only line in the entire episode that has any humanity or camaraderie in it. It's not going to happen. Oh no. What did you do? What happened, Robin? She eat another one? Because Ray, <laughs> Ray who is still so exhausted from just like realizing that he has no currency with any of his supposed loved ones. Um, <laughs> he's just so tired and browbeaten on his own, looks at his tired and browbeaten brother and she says, She ate another one, didn't she? She ate another one, didn't she? Just that moment of, yeah, this is our life. This, this is everything. Only one conclusion. Marie said, there's only one place we can go with this. There's only one obvious conclusion. Robbie, I want you to look me in the eyes and finally tell me in front of everyone and God in this room. Admit you are gay, Robbie. This is the only conclusion to which we can come. Admit you are gay. And then Robbie says, I wish I could tell you I was gay. (laughs) I wish that was the answer. I wish it was. I'm just destined to be tortured in hell for all of eternity. I'm not gay. I'm broken. I just want you once and for all to say it to me. What are you talking about? To say what to you? That you're homosexual. Mom! Don't say it! I'm not saying it. This again? A woman ate a fly. Nobody believes your stories, Robbie. Just say it. No. I'm a gay. What? You feel better. Hello, I'm queer, and now I'm here. Who says that? That's the slogan. I'm just broken. Yes, so Robbie says, I'm not straight. Marie, like, doesn't accept the answer. 
she makes him circle back like twice yeah. to like just say you're gay. She yeah. says, Raymond, can you just accept your brother is different? She's insistent that this is the only answer for why Robbie just can't get his shit together. And Robbie just says, you know what? It's it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. And he leaves. Marie says, my favorite line, I want it on a t-shirt. Um, she's like, you just need to come and say, hello, yes. I'm, I'm queer, queer and now I'm now. here. Listen, it is Pride Month. Here's what I want to see. I want to see you at the parade representing Marie Barone. I want to see Marie Barone t-shirts at the next Pride Parade. Make it happen, people. She is the ally we deserve. To be clear, as we've already mentioned, we do nothing. <laughs> we, we do not have prepared merch for this or anything. You make Absolutely your own. Absolutely not. You make your own t-shirt. Make your own t-shirt. We'll see you there. But yes, she says that beautiful line. Everybody Fantastic tries to con- tagline to a gay magician. Absolutely. And now I'm here. Absolutely beautiful. Everybody in the room tries to console him a little bit, except for Frank. Fuck Frank. Um, everybody else is trying to console him. Uh, Robbie's just like, you know what? Whatever. I've heard this before. You have all said consoling things to me before because I just can't fucking win at love and at life. I and fold, so I'm out I of here. Up. I fold, I give up. I'm going to the bar. He's feeling sorry for himself. And uh, an accident happens. And this waiter spills a drink all over this woman. There's a big sort of clamor. Robbie turns around to see what's going on. And the waiter moves out of the way. And who does he lock eyes with? But Amy. There she is. The woman with which Robert has had a very storied past. Amy comes in and she's a love interest for him around season two, I believe, is when they start dating. She and Robert are together and they kind of have an on again, off again situation. Robert cheats on her more than once. She comes back to Robert after dating a couple of other men. Robert takes her virginity and then he cheats on her again. And then she and him sort of break up for good because Robert just decides that like, I've cheated on her a couple of times. And just like Amy isn't good enough. Like she's not really what I want. She doesn't make me happy. She's not the perfect woman put a button on that. She's not the perfect woman. And so they break up. And so who does he see at the bar after this night of abject failure where he said, I just can't make it work for myself, but Amy. Amy's covered in drinks. Yes. Like because the waiter spilled all these drinks on her. So she's covered in like margaritas and daiquiris and like has like a little umbrella stuck on her. And she just a complete mess looks at Robert, who's still sopping wet and miserable, and they're both just like miserable, staring at each other across the bar, contemplating each other. Fade to black. Fade to black. Wow. What a 22 minutes that was. That we somehow stretched to an hour. <laughs> we had to really describe the Susan Boyle beats that were happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, uh... Susan plays us out to up to the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> Which Uh, tracks this message of hope. Yeah. Message of hope and his love with Amy. And my God, what an episode. Where do we even start to unpack what we just unpacked? 
there's a lot going on here. Um, <laughs> we took the laundry out of the suitcase. Now we got to wash it. We got to dry it. We got to fold it. We got to hang it back up. <laughs> we have just started our unpacking journey, my friends. I I think there's like a sliding scale of like four comedies are really all fiction about where you land on this specific issue of like a lot of stuff like marketed towards like teens especially there is like your far end on the spectrum where true love exists is totally a thing where if you are in a crowded room and you make eye contact with somebody uh on the other side of it then you can fall in love instantly and know that you are meant for each other and then you will die for each other I should bring these out. Oh, stay with me. What about my hungry guys? What are you hungry for? Um, And then there's... It's like living inside of like the Speak Now era from Taylor Swift. Yeah. That's that's it. And then there's like just like the dark, like Russian novel, like... (laughs) We all die alone. Like, uh, mm-hmm. or, uh, or right there, the, everybody the loves third Raymond. Way, it's everybody loves Raymond. Yeah. It's everybody loves Raymond, which is the absolute third way, which is you won't die alone, but you will wish you did. You will die next to the person whose face you have hated for the last four decades. The person you have dreamed of torturing. The person who you hope you don't even see in hell. I just want you to be with someone, anyone. I don't care who it is. I mean, for God's sakes, do you want to die alone? Yes. <laughs> that is the Everybody Loves Raymond way, which I think shows up in this episode a lot. This idea of settling, right? And I think we see this a lot, especially like when Marie, she says, you know, Robbie, I just want you to be with someone. I want to know you're with someone, anyone. anyone. I don't care who it is, anyone. And I think it's so interesting. We mentioned this is a Robbie-centered episode. And here's the thing about Robbie. Compared to the rest of the family, Robbie is the character who is least likely to settle and is the most willing to go against the grain of the rest of the family to chase his own happiness. He never achieves it. That's a whole other thing. But he is the most willing to go after it. He got divorced. He dumped Amy. He moved out of his parents' house. Right? He's consistently trying to do things to reassert his individuality and to find the thing that makes him happy, whatever that may be. And so he refuses to settle. And this makes him very different from the rest of his family who have decided to all settle and are in it till death do them motherfucking part. They all hate each other. Deborah hates Ray. Ray hates Deborah. Frank hates Marie. Marie hates Frank. Marie hates Deborah. Deborah hates Marie. Like yeah. they all hate each other. And yeah, so But Robbie Robbie refuses. He refuses. He is his 
personal hell is that he is in this Sisyphean nightmare where he is, he's eating, he's praying, he's loving, he's chasing his dreams. He's doing everything that you're supposed to in the bullshit, like self-help section. And it's still, it doesn't fucking work. And he work. still ends in misery. And that's what I think is so interesting about Everybody Loves Raymond is that Robbie refuses to settle. He's doing all the things, right? That our cultural script tells you to find happiness. And the show continues to shit on him for it. Robbie is constantly the one who, within the canon of the show, is the least happy, is the most bitter, and has the worst time, is liked by the least number of people. And so the show constantly shits on him for refusing to settle because in the context of hell, this is the role you must play. You must settle. So one of the darkest episodes, as far as I'm concerned, it is like seared into my brain. I think about it once a day. Everybody loves Raymond episode is the episode where Raymond and Deborah are at an anniversary dinner. You know, they're not with the kids. They have a babysitter, um, which they claim is unique, but we never see the fucking kids. We never uh, see. Thank God. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. It's um, not really about them. Yeah. The, the actors That's what they say in an opening. <laughs> not really about them. So they're, they're eating dinner and they just don't have anything to say to each other. So they're just eating quietly and they try to make conversation, but what do I have to say to this man? Nothing. I have fuck all to say to this man. And so Deborah gets upset about this and he's like, What does this say about us? That I, I finally have a moment alone with you. Oh, God, I, I have, know I know exactly what you're gonna say. Go yeah. On. Well, I just have nothing to say to you. Like I'm I'm done. We don't talk to each other all night and now you just wanna have sex? Not just. <laughs> Come on, we talk. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This butter is the perfect temperature slash density. Was I wrong? You know what? We have nothing to say to each other. All we do is talk about the kids or, or, or tell stories we've heard over and over and over. What stories? Oh, Robert swallowing that damn bee. I've heard that stupid story a million times. Every time you see honey or a bee or a person with a puffy face. Like, yep. And so she gets really distraught and like um, she tries different things to amend it. Like we need to share interests, that sort of thing. Uh, but what's something the beautiful you resolution? Marriage, Deborah. Uh, There's so much. There is so much I think of that they should have decided pre marriage this is a constant thing with yep. everybody loves raymond she has a whole episode about how like ray never grew up and then he goes from like being a teenager to being an old man and there's no in between and it's like deborah you knew that before you married him she loses her shit on him and i'm like you married the teenager what the fuck did you think you were gonna get you did married the adult teenager that's what but anyway, dating's for <laughs> literally literally uh but anyway what is the beautiful resolution that episode brings us to, Zachary? So Deborah, after her futile attempts to gain any sort of like mutual interest with Raymond, <laughs> uh, finally, like in exhaustion, she lands at um, Frank and Marie's house and she sort of like watches from afar them eating dinner in silence. And they've been I married. love that scene. Yeah. I love the scene. It's just Frank and Marie 
both staring into different middle distances, <laughs> eating sandwiches silently. I love that scene so much. Like, I think she, he doesn't even have to ask for the pepper. She just, like, grabs it. Yes. And, like, hands it to him. And they're just completely disengaged, thinking about, like, <laughs> thinking about, like, this guy that asked her out in high school all those years ago and what could have been. <laughs> but Literally. Deborah sees through her exhausted lens. Uh, she, she tries to squint her eyes and see hope. That looks good to you? They, they just seem so comfortable with each other. I don't know. Maybe we're at that point where we can be comfortable just being with each other. You want to be like them? The cognitive dissonance of this <laughs> sentence. They're so comfortable with each other that they're just content they don't even have to talk. with each other's company. And that's where they land on. She knows these people. Deborah, you know these people. You know these people. Girl. <laughs> it is like Stockholm Syndrome, like self-delusion in real time. Like, Deborah. <laughs> Get the fuck out. It's so dark. So dark. Yeah, the darkest yeah, episode. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of moments where you're like, get out. Get out, girl. Get out. <laughs> um, that's Deborah's life. Yeah. So, so, like, the idea of settling and just like, this is what fucking life is. And um, you are a fool if you think there's anything else out there than to just find a warm body that's willing to sign a contract to be near you and cohabitate with you for 40 years. And that is, that's what you it. can do. That is the entire thesis statement of everybody loves Raymond is the best you can hope for in life is a person to tolerate hating you until you both die until the bitter motherfucking end. That is everybody loves Raymond. It's like, if you like, if you just took, like a boomer, like, take my wife, please, joke, and made it into an entire nine-season series. Yeah, well, if you stretched out that please into a bone-curdling scream of a please <laughs> that stretched to all eternity. Yes, that's what that everybody knows Raymond is. Yes, that is powered by, like, demons piercing your soul, feeling, <laughs> filling your dick full of bees. Um... That is everybody loves Raymond. Happy Pride Month, folks. This is this is as much of a Pride Month episode as the Will and Grace one. I believe it because thank God I'm gay. <laughs> uh, you watch Everybody Loves Raymond and you think maybe gay marriage was a bad idea. Yeah, let's let's undo that right now. <laughs> if instead of like the pro Proposition Eight things, instead of the uh, fear mongering, they just played. Everybody loves Raymond on a loop. And it's like, is this what you want, gays? Is this what you want? <laughs> then things could have been different. So, so. so yeah, the message of everybody loves Raymond is settle, settle, settle. And Robbie refuses to settle, 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 which is why I think, Zachary, I'm so interested in understanding the final shot when Robbie sees Amy in the bar. Because he goes through this entire episode where he thinks, finally, finally, I don't have to settle. Finally, I've met the perfect woman. And here she is with a fatal flaw called out by his brother of all people. And he doesn't understand why he can't find love. And he's doing all of the right things. He's eat, pray, loving it. And he still can't find the one. 
and he goes to the bar and there he sees Amy. And I'm so curious because I think there's two ways to read this scene. One, I think there's a traditional way, which is Amy was the one all along, Robert. She was the one all along. She was always the perfect girl for you. And you were just too dumb to see it. Sure. Sure, that's one reading. That is one reading. There's another reading, which is the universe of Everybody Loves Raymond is saying, Robert, it's time to settle. And I think that's what it is saying. It's the perfect ending. It's the perfect ending. We have this scene where Robert states clearly, emphatically, I give up. I don't deserve love. I'm not going to be able to find love mm-hmm. and it's not mm-hmm. for me i'm not meant to be happy I and need now to that he's given that. up and so he goes to the bar and it is just as perfectly calculated and ambiguous as the top ending of inception of is robert in this moment realizing that amy was the one and that is the foolish naive interpretation that much like Deborah, you might want to convince yourself is true or did he just decide to settle which is it we will never know we'll um, never know because people they do get married they do get After married this, amy and robert are together and they are together that's it and but they get married we will never know we what's never in robert's know. head we will <laughs> never know i my firm belief is that it is the universe answering his prayer the prayer he sent up saying i am done i give up this is it for me i don't want to try anymore in the universe of everybody loves raymond the demons that wrote the script said finally finally you finally you've stopped fighting welcome to your ticket to the ride (laughs) of eternal marital damnation (laughs) robert that is what's happening. Just everybody loves Raymond. It's such a good show. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. But you have to you have to look at it through this specific lens. <laughs> this very specific lens. If you believe that they are in hell and they have all been tortured for terrible, terrible wrongs in a past life, it is a joy of a lifetime to watch everybody loves Raymond. <laughs> the um did we want it's, to? It, it's, it's okay. <laughs> I feel like we shit on it so much, but I love Everybody Loves Raymond. I got the Everybody Loves Raymond like spoon and fork in my kitchen. I I love it. Okay, he, here's how I think we should put a bow on it. I think we should go through the main cast. What do we think they did to get in hell? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I think I already said... Ray and Deborah on another episode. I believe it was like Ray and Deborah on their first date, uh, and they get into a car accident, and eternity dooms them for forever. But I don't think I said what they did to get there. Yeah. So I pitched that Deborah uh, was running like an Elizabeth Holmes style scam, and mm. so she was like girl bossing it, like on top mm. of the world. Mm. Um, mm. Got pancaked by a dump truck, mm. <laughs> and. Uh, so she ended up in hell and she's like in this domestic purgatory. That's my pitch for Deborah. Uh, I love just this. like this hyper intelligent, competent woman who, who has to be Raymond's wife. Yeah. Who's just trying to gaslight herself into believing that she's happy. 
Yes. I think Raymond must have been like a, like, I got two things in my mind. Either he was like a philanderer, like big time philanderer, just like running around with women. Like he, he may, maybe even like a sex addict situation, right? Running around with women, running around on his wife, sex addict moment, autoerotic asphyxiation. Boom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sex addict like ruined a trail of women's lives, and then yes. suddenly he is in this sexless marriage. Um, yes, that he has three children, but just like in the in a dreamlike style, he has still never had sex with Deborah. Yes, <laughs> like in exactly. the dream logic of hell. <laughs> exactly, that's exactly what happened. So he's just this big old philanderer who just destroyed women's lives, gaslit them, hurt them, married multiple women at once. Ruined their credit, stole their dog, <laughs> fucked their sister, and then he autoerotic asphyxiationed himself to death. Um, Frank was just Frank. Frank was just Frank. He was Frank in life. He's Frank in death. Yeah, he he just uh, died in his sleep one day. Woke up, got out of bed, and uh, his memories were his... altered to believe that he was married to Maria, and he barely noticed the difference. Yep, that's it. That's it. His life was already hell in life. <laughs> yes. Marie. Uh, Marie was serial mom. I was thinking that she was like um, a Munchausers by proxy mom. Oh, <laughs> yes. yes. We're, we're, on a, we're on a similar wavelength. Yeah. Serial mom, Munchausers by proxy mom. Definitely something like that going on. Yeah, she was doing the Sarah For Paulson, sure. like feeding her dog pills, like anti-seizure pills. Yes. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Yep. Like, you need me. <laughs> yes. Yes. So she, now she has two sons who just resent her. Yeah. Who resent her and are just out of reach, but she has to constantly be tortured by the fact that they live a life with another, another woman who's cooking. Yes. She, they're eating her. He's eating her food. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes. And Robert um, just got there because uh, of the ACAB rule. It's just, it's right there at the top. Yep. Of, yep. Sorry, man. Police officer. Yeah. Uh, what, like what in St. Peter's book, do? it just says right at the top because he keeps forgetting. There's like a sticky note that says ACAB. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Technicality, man. Sorry rules about are rules. it. Sorry. You're like the nicest one, but you still go. <laughs> yeah. Tough luck, dude. <laughs> Uh, I think that's absolutely correct. That's exactly what happened. So um, that, that's everybody loves Raymond. I hope you enjoyed this experimental episode. <laughs> yeah. And genuinely, if you like to deep dive into a single episode, tell us. Uh, maybe we'll do it again. Maybe we'll do this episode again. We might do this episode next year. <laughs> tell us For if Pride you want to hear it. It's a Pride Month tradition it's here. A Pride Month we talk about the most searingly heterosexual show to ever exist on television just the reason that uh everyone needs to be gay (laughs) highly recommended that you be gay because of this episode yes yes this is this is the key message key message we're taking away yeah Uh, so i hope you enjoyed it thank you for listening and sticking with us probably our shortest episode so that's exciting remember to rate review subscribe Absolutely. Um, And of course, remember to brush your teeth, not back and forth, but in tiny circles. Yeah. You can reach out to us at becauseitwason at gmail.com. There she is. if you prefer to take the sophisticated route uh, for gentlemen and gentle lady scholars, uh, you can go to our TikTok and find a random video that's not doing that well and just put your feedback there. We'll find it. 
We will find it, as we say in each episode. We are doing a mailbag, though. So if you want us to like say your words and your name on the show, the best way to do that is email. Because when we go to look for your TikToks, uh, we might have lost them. We were very successful um, at getting people to respond to our sugar baker rants, shaming people into <laughs> emailing us and leaving a review. So here's my attempt at Marie trying to guilt you. Into... I love this. <laughs> yes. So You know, dear. You know, dear. Louie Thomason's mother, she gets letters all the time on her podcast. They email her and they rate and review and subscribe. And she's so lucky. You know, dear. When I'm listening to a podcast that I'm really enjoying, it only takes two seconds to just leave them your feedback. What's two seconds? What's two seconds? After all the hours of research and recording we've given you, dear, it just takes two seconds. But go on. Go on. Who needs to leave a comment for because it was on no no it's you're very busy you're very busy you have great lives you're very busy don't don't even think about me we just watched uh season seven episode nine of everybody loves raymond 10 times but what i would hate to ask you to review (laughs) you know dear you're very busy you're very busy so we understand drive safely to work it's okay you can tell us you're gay (laughs) <laughs> that's it thank All right, you ta-ta I love you because it was on because it was on because it was on because it was on because it was because it was on 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 rate review and subscribe to Well, Jessica and Zach, from the day they were born, they started watching comedy because it was on. She was a golden girl, he had Seinfeld on the brain. They said a nine-year-old Frasier fan might just be insane. Harry and the Hendersons, Mindy and Mork. Now Jessica and Zach get together and talk. They'll never say the sitcom's glory days are gone. They'll still watch it because it was on. 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 Is it too early to set up a Patreon? And I'll call it because it was on. Because it was on. Because it was on. Because it was on. Because it was on.